With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, an, you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, of like, well, maybe we should wear a Montreal jersey, and and each other was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. And we're like, yeah, yeah. you know what? Well, you're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon. And this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. days until uh the season opener how are we doing mason we're doing pretty fucking shit i'll be honest um i didn't hear half your intro because bell sucks ass so that's why we have that cued in our notes as yep. today's first uh topic <laughs> direct quote from our notes bell, bell sucks, sucks ass, ass. And I didn't know what Bell was. We have Bell South. So I'm guessing that is Bell in the South. Maybe there's a relation to that. What's the logo look like? Is it like a blue Bell? Yeah. Yeah. So we have the same. I had Bell South when I was a kid, and their internet sucked down here. Um, so we don't have Bell anymore. Oh, Bell is like the only fucking like tele teleprovider internet provider you can get in canada bell and rogers hmm. that's interesting oh yeah it means can't we we have like the highest fucking cell rates too i think the only country that has higher cell cell phone rates and i'm not pulling this out of my ass like I actually saw this somewhere was like some country in africa has more like data rates or sell rates or something like that than we do. We pay up the ass. Yeah, I, I pay a lot too, but uh, mainly it's because of our unlimited plan. And my wife got a phone last year that we're still paying off like 20, 30 bucks at a time. Yeah. 
We have a very limited plan and we pay up the ass. Bell Bell South. That's crazy. I never I never thought that Bell and Bell South would be connected. I have no idea if they are. But then I then again, you know me. I'm not the not the brightest. But I'm sure they had the same logo as blue and white back in my day. Um we have AT and T, so they're not the best either, but apparently better than Bell. Fair enough. So take that. Um, how was your week, bud? How was your week? Uh, uh, it was uh, interesting, to say the least. Uh, you know, well, interesting kind of not, you know, watch some mm-hmm. hockey, kind of chillaxed. Hockey hasn't been great. hasn't been as good as it was in the opening games, I'll be honest. I uh, watched the Canadian Czech game last night. What like what a disappointment. That could have been such a good game, but the Czech goalie Nick Malik let in two of the softest goals of the tournament. And uh nothing happened after that. Czechs were in it. Czechs outshot the Canadians actually, but you're not recovering from a two two goal deficit against Canada. Knock on wood, watch uh, the Americans will do it in the gold medal or something. But well, that that's a shame. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to really watch any hockey. I've been doing a lot of uh I've been having to reschedule a lot of doctor's appointments and just just all kinds of stuff with my new newly acquired uh, problems and with my body. Um, but yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch any of it, and it fucking sucked. But uh, U.S. moved on, Canada moved on. Sorry, I, I hate to say that you know we don't get to watch anymore. Jan Mysak, but Mishak won player of the tournament for the Czechs, though. Well, good for him, dude. Good for him. Um, I don't know. I literally, like, in between just phone calls and cleaning up the house, I've been taking a little bit more responsibilities at home uh, to try to help my wife out a little bit. You know, just doing the dishes every single day of my life fucking sucks. I feel like it's, like, my first year when I was in, like, you know, the kitchen-esque jobs in the restaurant industry you know uh it's been miserable not gonna lie fuck washing dishes when i buy a house i'm gonna make washing sure dishes in a kitchen sucks dude miserable suck. literally it's did so it miserable. for a year and a half and then it's I got so promoted. hot too <laughs> oh it's miserable and i'm just a, i'm big and i'm hairy so there was just non-stop just sweating the entire time and then you like on your break, you drink like three gallons of water to make up all the weight you've lost. Oh, dude, I wasn't losing weight, sadly. I, you know what? Actually, dude, I was probably the thinnest I was when I was a dishwasher, but I was also going to the gym. Because yeah, I'm were not fucking gonna lie. sweating buckets. Well, dude, it was right next to the back door. And it didn't matter what time of the night, unless it was like winter, it wouldn't really feel cold. So they got this back door open and it's just humid. <laughs> just southern humidity right and then i'm just in the worst humidity station in the entire place like oh, I'd, it's I'd rather so be bad. on the grill where at least it's hot but it's dry hot i'm in just a fucking i'm in the swamp you know and then they got the back door open so they could smoke fucking cigarettes out of it it's terrible I, uh, I did that job for one shift <laughs> i'm not kidding i uh before i uh uh got promoted at my current my current place of employment i uh 
I was thinking of leaving. So I fucking, I went on, it's like a, what do you call it? Like a working interview and they wanted to hire me yeah. on the spot, but I wanted to know what I was getting into. Right. And, uh, they paid me, I think it was 1675 an hour to wash dishes. Oh, no. Worked one, one 10 hour shift. It's like, fuck this. Never came back. Not worth the money. I just couldn't do it. It was horrible. I can make you feel better about yourself. You said 16. Oh, they paid. That's but because no one will fucking do it. All right. They're, they're just paying me up the ass for it. I, at 18 years old, was making $6.50. First job oh. ever had. Did it for a year and a half. Oh miserable so miserable miserable son like literally could afford to buy my weed and my food <laughs> and that was it like oh it was it was garbage job though like one of the worst jobs i've ever had washing dishes absolutely and it, it doesn't even sound that bad but it's just so and you're in a kitchen too, so it just never stops. It's just you know tedious, I mean? and then you're like the bitch of the kitchen. It feels futile too, because you're just you yeah. You know there'll be more. Giant they stack will be more. dishes. Yeah, and then they just plop another one beside you. It just never fucking ends. Yeah, absolutely miserable. Um, yeah, fuck, fuck dishes, dude. Fuck dishes. Like oh, if great. if paper plates weren't so bad for the fucking environment. Like if there was a way that that they could figure something out, just the level of laziness would like really come full circle, like just a new evolution. I mean, now dishes are my best friend though, because I'm a manager. So whenever someone pisses me off, hey, uh, hey Jim, yeah, I have dishes. It's fucking great. That's terrible. You're a fucking bully. Hey man, Jim shouldn't have fucked with me. I'm sure all he did was bring up Ryan Nugent Hopkins and you gave him dishes. I'm not commenting on that. (laughs) Oh, man. I have Ryan Nugent Hopkins in my hockey pool. Yeah, I would too because he's still a stout player. Mm -hmm. Could have been more. Could And that's all I'm going to say. And you know what? I followed Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I loved him. I loved him going into the draft. I still like him. I still own two jerseys with Ryan Nugent Hopkins' name on the back of it. I still appreciate him. I still try to pick him up in fantasy. He could have been better. He could have been better. They rushed him into 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 the lineup. I mean, definitely. I think he should have had. He. I don't think he sh- he needed baby steps into the league. He definitely he needed a year. Need that. I think he needed a year. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Right. I just think that they kind of was like, hey, first round, first overall, just pushed him right into the lineup. You know, and I and I guess I guess they thought it would work because you got, you know, last year's Taylor Hall. You got a decent team around around them. I think Ryan Whitney's still there, like Jeff Petrie. Like Ryan Nugent Hopkins coming into the NHL was like 160 pounds though. Yeah, he was small, but I was I'm, big excited I'm, for this kid. Yeah. I right now I am like Clearly, I don't know if you didn't know this. I am not a professional athlete. I'm 175. And that's like going to the gym and stuff too. This kid was like, he's tiny. Like I'm, a, I'm skinny. He's, t- he was tiny. Mm-hmm. 
So I just think that either they needed someone to protect him or they need to give him a year. Cause I, like not every, every first overall pick is going to be Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid. It's okay to take a year. And for him, I think he would have benefited a lot from that. He also would have benefited from not having multiple coaching changes early on in his career. True. True. But like I said, I think he's a phenomenal player, but you bring it up just to annoy me. So we're going to move on. <laughs> and on to Habs news. Uh, when you guys listen to this, it'll be day one of training camp. Training camp starts on Monday. Um, I believe it said that the only two people that are not participating on the initial first day would be Corey Perry and Thomas Tatar. And that's basically only because they needed an extra day of quarantining. And then extra they'll be four back. days of quarantine. Is it four? I thought it was just one. Four, I think, because Tatar is coming over from Euro, I'm uh, sure. Czechoslovakia, or not, sorry, not Czechoslovakia, Slovakia, and uh, Corey Perry's coming up from. Yeah. It Dallas. makes sense because yeah, he he just he's coming from a hotbed. Let's let's just say that uh, COVID has now evolved like a Pokemon, apparently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it makes sense for that one. You just get you know you just get signed. And you're going to come up to Canada where they're, you know, they're where asking our, for a two week, you know, uh, where quarantine. our politicians are going on vacation. Okay. I, I don't know much oh, you about haven't seen that. Oof. No, I don't know what's going on in Canada. Really. I have a hard That's time a story. figuring out what's going on here. And it's mainly because I'm just not working right now. And there's just not much to do. And I really don't want to fill my day with just like political shit, you know? Well, if you haven't heard, basically the gist of it. Give me the gist. Um, came out that the finance minister for the provincial government of mm-hmm. Ontario went on a uh, vacation to some Caribbean island mm-hmm. after Ontario for months has been preaching, you know, stay inside. So uh, our premier, Doug Ford, basically said, you're done. And he quote-unquote resigned but you know, got fired and then it's come out like over the past few days like political leaders from multiple parties ndp liberal party conservative party the quebec party, like all all of them have been going on vacation and shit so needless to say people aren't too happy about that and i don't fucking blame them well hey bud apparently in any nation if you got money and you're in the upper echelon, rules don't mean a thing for you. Well, that's the thing. Like, like some of these people are like lower level MPs too. They're just abusing their power. Really. It's just depressing. Like, I just want to, I just want to go skiing. I just want to like have life again. And hopefully, you know, 2021, it's by the way, first episode of 2021. Um, we're not going to focus too much on the negative, but it is look because it is looking better. You know, we have a, a COVID vaccine coming out and uh, we're already getting uh, doses uh, delivered to people. And uh, fuck, what's the word? Uh, people are taking the vaccine. It's, get, it's being given to people. In it's Ontario. being administered. Administered. Thank you. Woo! So fucking hopefully, you know, things start to look up for us. And uh, pretty soon we can get Habs nightly live in Montreal. Dude, good for you, because down here, I got a buddy who just went on a vacation to Lake Tahoe, 
which I'm not sure what that is because that's in that Alaska. sounds rich. It sounds very rich. I thought right? that was in a lot. Isn't that in Alaska? I just said I don't know where the fuck it's at. Mainly because I'm poor. I'm a poor person, and I don't get to venture outside of the South. Meaning though, oh, this it's kid in Nevada. Went, this kid went fucking. He went skiing and shit, and comes home with with that with that 19, as the kids are calling oh. it down here. So. This dude's just partying it up. And if that isn't just like the best way to describe what the U.S. is doing, I don't know what to say. Like, motherfuckers are just out here just like, well, I've been cooped up for too long. Let's just go take a trip, come back with it, and then get extra time off because down here you get paid if you have COVID and you have to miss work. So they're paying you to sit at home. So this dude got a paid vacation. Oh my god. Because it was his it was his vacation week from work. So he got paid from work. He had a work vacation. Comes home and gets to sit in his house and get paid by the government because he got the vid. Because he got the 19th. That's so fucking shout out to homie. Stupid. Shout out to homie just chilling. He's back at work now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't see, think that's I don't, so see, annoying. Now, I don't, I don't want to throw him under the bus that bad. I don't think he got COVID-19. I think that someone that was there with them contracted it, and they made him go take one. But they were like, we want you to sit at home for a week. That way we know if the test is real or not. Instead of making him instantly get the test, and then it be like a false negative. So he just really got extra time just to chill. I so I, I, didn't, I, didn't need to, I didn't need to dagger him that bad, but homie that that's what the u.s is doing right now you get your paid vacation you go somewhere you come back oh i got a fucking covid scare get extra vacation off maybe you need it you know maybe maybe you fucking had too much of a rager happening and you need a an extra week to come back well realistically like i've been chatting with some of my buddies about it like look at the calendar we're you know how we keep seeing on Twitter and any social media platform, TSN does it all the fucking time. All they talk about is COVID, understandably. But like they do flashbacks to when there were fans and stadiums, right? In like a few months, the flashbacks are gonna be empty stadiums. Right. It's almost been a year. And needless to say, I'm frustrated. Um if I could be told right now, you have to sit in your house for a month. You cannot leave no matter what. Like, go get your groceries. Fucking, you're living on canned food for a month. You're not leaving. But when you come out, COVID will be over. I would say yes in a fucking heartbeat. I think the world would say yes in a heartbeat. But the problem I, with <laughs> us down here is that people went and bought all of that shit already. And they're like, well, fuck, I've already wasted the money. We ate that. <laughs> you know financially and you know actually and they're like well fuck i'm not gonna do that again <laughs> yeah and that's what i'm saying like i don't think you can do it i think the time to do it would have been much sooner because people <laughs> you know what i mean people are financially like it's tough so i don't like realistically i don't I don't know if there's any, I don't think there's, we got more hard times coming for us. And we talk about this because, you know, in the sports world, right? Like we're not, I don't think we're going to see fans this year. People were talking about that. 
like Florida Panthers are talking about having fans, and I think that's the stupidest fucking thing ever. Because it's a, it's Florida. What is five fans in a, an arena gonna do to the budget, right? <laughs> oh my god, that was the most blatantly disrespectful thing I've ever heard. Yeah, you like it because I played it <laughs> off all serious too. Oh my god, that was ballsy. <laughs> I like it. I'm not worried. Look. Oilers Twitter and Leafs Twitter, they might have some numbers. What the f- five people at me on Twitter? Eh, I don't care. No, Florida's more retaliative. Like, uh, like sending like I don't know if you saw it, but they just put um the new Pauly Shore movie on Netflix, and I don't know if, if you even know who that is. Maybe it's just a '90s thing. But I grew up watching Pauly Shore, so they put his new movie on, and basically he got mad and induced a raccoon to Flocka and sent it out at this person's like uh uh like a wedding recital like a like one of those recital dinners (laughs) (laughs) like that's some Florida level shit like you might get a box and you know have like some type of rabid animal or just shit you know like shit in a bunch of like tranquilizers (laughs) Florida's a wild place it is legit could be its own country but I think anyway, I'm so done talking about Florida and COVID. Yeah, yeah. that's enough <laughs> but, uh, Florida COVID talk. Oh, uh, we, we do have a, another bit of Habs news since there's no real we didn't sign anybody, we didn't get any more accusation, uh, acquisitions. But uh, Mark Bergevin went and sat down, had like a Zoom meeting, and uh, one of the best things that you can describe what happened in this meeting, like what, what came out of it. It's just a simple quote uh, based on, you know, what we gained in the offseason. He stated, uh, I think it sends a message to the whole league and our own players that we mean business. We're here to win and we could play it any way you want to play. So I think that's been a big problem with the Canadians has been, I wouldn't say a soft team, but a very small team, a very, a team that's more worried about, uh, I wouldn't say discipline on the ice, but a, a very fundamental style of hockey. And with all of these new guys coming in, we brought we brought a lot of toughness and a lot of uh, speed and more accuracy offensively. So I think that uh, this is our ride or die season. This is the season to really prove what we have coming to us. You know? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Montreal's probably a lock for the playoffs. I don't think they can take any games off because in a fifty-six game season, you can't take any games off. You go on a ten-game stretch where you're losing, you're fine. You're done. You're done. You're not recovering from that. You're done. I'm fucked. And uh, it's crazy because, like, if you look at our schedule, we're playing like a third of uh, Vancouver. Like initially, like the first, I think it's the first six games we play them three times. Really? So, like, this is like these games aren't really, you know, jumbled around. Like, I think the first games like uh, Toronto, and then I believe it's Edmonton, and, and then it's like a, a triple vancouver you know so like you're gonna be seeing these teams and having to lock down that you know that series like very quickly yeah and i think uh there's not gonna be one thing that you have might have going against them there's not gonna be any sort of feeling out process if you know what i mean yeah like, I don't... this is a pretty new team a lot of these guys haven't played together Pretty new guys team, on the team but also year. they don't have they don't have the opportunity nor the choice to, like they have literally what from the third, 
from the fourth to the thirteenth to fucking band together, and, yeah, and, and just knock out a fifty-six game season. Oh yeah, it's wild. Like we haven't seen anything like this before. No, absolutely not. And I mean, I'm not excited that COVID is is the reason, but you know, like we've stated, and and a lot of our guys on this network have stated, like, what a crazy year to start. A, a network, not alone just our podcast, but like to be able <laughs> to be able to record a podcast and talk about this insane moment in the NHL is awesome. So I'm super excited to to cover this 56 game like super season. That <laughs> uh, I just think you know you have to go in hot, and you really don't have a choice but to just just to keep keep that flame going or I mean dude you could literally be out of this playoffs within Jesus 20 25 games like in the first 25 you could be out if Montreal does what they did a few years ago they started do you remember they started one year like 10 and 0 and then the next 0 and 9 or something ridiculous if Montreal does that again they're out oh absolutely I believe it was uh if I'm not mistaken, we tied our record of like 13 wins and it yeah. was the 2015, 2016 season. And then the next year we shit the bed. Yeah. But also after those 13 wins, we went on a skid. We lost like five, six games. Yep. So because everybody was losing their shit because the last time we, we won 13 games in a row, we won the Stanley Fuck Cup. Yeah. And then. <laughs> and then we got hit with the injuries. But anyway, there is this is a no holds bar. This is probably going to be one of the most exciting seasons of the NHL that I've ever been a chance to witness, let alone talk about, you know. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, especially from a journalistic perspective because that's what like obviously we shoot the shit here on this podcast too, but in a way it's journalism. We report on it, we talk about it it'll be fun. Like this is something that we're probably not going to be able to get to do again. Like I fucking hope we never have to do something like this again. <laughs> you know what I mean? But no, no yeah, one's I done hope this. we never have to do this, but it's awesome on the resume, you know, like, yeah, exactly. I got something. What you got? What you got? Oh, uh, there's a recent, uh, like stat going around. You know how I like advanced analytics. Everyone kind of groans and, ugh, you know, like <laughs> analytics get a bad rap. I think some people overuse them. And uh, people just kind of cringe at it. But, you know, they do show for, like, certain stats are important. Possession, especially. Uh, stat came out uh, top, I believe, yeah, top five uh, NHL prospect, draft prospects, like, who got drafted this year. The IHF mm-hmm. uh, released a, uh, just some stats about them. Caden Gooley in a list that includes, this is for defensemen, Jake Sanderson, Jamie Drysdale, Braden Schneider, and Shakir, who Shakir Mukmadulin, who is just a fucking meme. But uh, <laughs> go on Corsi 4 percentage, which is, if you don't understand Corsi 4, it's basically the percentage of the time your team has possession when you're on the ice. And often or not, a player with a, the more, most talented players on the ice, their teams have the puck more often than not. Caden Gooley's got 76.6. The next highest for a defenseman in this tournament is Jake Sanderson with 69.1. 
to say the least, Kane Gooley went on the ice has fucking dominated. And that is not to suggest that he is better than uh, Jake Sanderson or Jamie Drysdale. Like, that's a pipe dream. But So basically, when he's on the ice, he locks it down. And with his help, Canada was able to keep the puck in their, in yeah. their zone, in their the offensive zone for them. Yeah, when Kane Gooley's on the ice, your team has the puck. Which, Probably. as a defenseman, is just a... There's no better way of defending of defending goals than keeping the puck on your stick. Possession is the best defense. So yeah, I just thought that was an interesting stat. And uh, you know, obviously, some people aren't the biggest fans of analytics, but that's not exactly advanced. It course C four is a pretty common stat now. And uh, you, if you watch the games, you kind of go, yeah, that makes sense because Goo- we don't see Gooley in his own zone very often. And when we do, it's him making a breakout pass or him crushing someone on the boards. I've been very impressed with this kid so far. Uh, I mean, it's an impressive stat. I mean, even for someone like me that doesn't really know shit about Corsi, because, I mean, it, it doesn't really reach down here. But but um, I don't know. Uh, excited, I guess, is, is the best word to describe how you feel when you hear that someone you picked up uh, our first round of what was he 16th overall is just having a phenomenal, phenomenal little tournament. Um, it also makes me a little worried because we have all these amazing defensemen coming up and we've had this talk in the past. How do we, how do we weed out these great kids coming up? That'll make the team, you know? Yeah. Like I think, our biggest strength and prospects right now is definitely defense, right? Like I've been going on for about a year now, raving about Romanoff and Norlander. And like, let's not forget, we have Jaden Struble, who we've been raving about for a long time. Noah Juleson, when healthy, made the NHL team. He's playing top four minutes. He made the NHL team. So I think he's going to compete for a spot this year. Victor Mete is still 22 years old. Now, I don't think he's going to be a star, but could he develop into a top four puck-moving defenseman? It It's still to be seen, right? We've got fucking now add Caden Gooley to that list. And you've got to be looking at Montreal. And in terms of high-end star potential prospects, we aren't, we aren't up there. There are teams with better star prospect defensemen. But in terms of depth and solid top four options, we've got to be pretty high up there in defensive prospect pools in the league. Absolutely. Um, I also think that you would think that guys like uh, Mete and uh, Flurry, we met. I forgot Flurry, yeah. You got to think, like, how nervous do these guys start to feel knowing that they have they, these these kids a little bit younger than them are getting the praises like this, you know, like how – Chomping at the fucking bit. Because if they don't show out, you know, there's – it's like five guys in the back, you know, waiting. And Yeah, uh, and I think that's a good thing. I think that feeds competition, which feeds success, which feeds greatness, right? So, so like, if you're, I don't know, for example, to bring it up, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, your first overall pick, you get on the team right away, you know you're there. I'm not saying this was a Nugent Hopkins thing. I'm just using it as an example. You don't have anyone to push you you're the man right like it's your team what right. are you gonna do that's your spot you know you have it second 
I know it's not a direct correlation, but Connor McDavid gets there. You're not the man anymore. You're in a shadow. Nuge has been awesome the last two years. Now, I don't think that's directly that. I think Nuge was going to be a great player anyway, but that was just the example on the top of my head. I think it's the same thing you could say with Montreal. Like, You get a guy like Noah Juleson who, for lack of a better term, like up until I'd say two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, he was the man. He was our top prospect on defense, right? Like we, everyone was waiting for him to break out. It was basically a foregone conclusion that he was going to make the roster. And then Victor Mete comes out of nowhere, then Norlander, then Romanoff, like all these guys come in, Kale Fleury who take his spot. And I think now we're going to see a guy in training camp who has something to prove he's healthy now and he wants to make the team. Ryan Paling too. I know we're talking about defense, but think about like, think about how wild this is. Ryan Paling, up until we traded for Nick Suzuki and drafted KK, was our top center prospect. That's true. And where where is he on that list now? Um, based on you, he's not even looked at as as a center position anymore. That's like if that's, he was to make yeah. this team, he would have to be on the left. Well, who's he gonna replace? Right? He's yeah. not replacing Dano. He's not replacing Suzuki not replacing KK and it honestly looks like Jake Evans has won that. It's hard to say he's won it before camp started, but I think he won it in the playoffs. Right. That fourth line center position. Um, yeah. But like, uh, saying that too, though, I also feel bad because if I'm not mistaken, polling came in like a little bit. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be like wrong, but like he didn't, he have like a weight issue or like he just wasn't, he wasn't playoff ready. Like it's, yeah, I think he, of... he, he was injured mm. as well. And he just got, he was always going to be a project. That's the thing. We okay. knew he was an under, he was a, the, the, one of the youngest players in his draft. And he went to college. College players always take longer. They always do. But he scored a point per game in college. And then we saw what he did at the world juniors. Like, World juniors aren't everything. Like, let's continue to preach that. Suzuki did dog shit, the world juniors. We've seen what Caulfield is doing. He's being mediocre, right? But this guy was the captain of the Americans. He was best forward of the tournament, and he was tournament MVP. So, you know, there is some, there's talent there, and I think this guy's going to make Montreal. I think he's going to be on the team at some point this year. I just think that I, and I think if anything, like I feel bad for him. Like you said, he got pushed down the lineup. All of which weren't like none of that was his fault. But I think if anything, it's going to light a fire under his ass because like there were legitimate conversations. Like, is this guy going to be our number one center? Like one day, like not saying we expected him to be a star, but we didn't have anyone else. Right. He, you know, it was a foregone conclusion that he was our best prospect, and now he's actually got to fight for something. I'm really excited to see what Ryan Paling does. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. It's funny because like you you brought up the Oilers, and I guess it, it's a good it's a good comparison because it's like in that time, you know, we both were we we weren't the same, but like we weren't the best fucking teams, and the Oilers kept just getting these really good draft picks. And then immediately putting them into their system and, and then straight to the NHL. Whereas we had a little bit longer of success and then we hit our slope, you know, after 16 
And and now, unlike the Oilers, you know they 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 were just hot with Connor McDavid. I mean, we we can't we can't lie about that. Well, what we did instead of like we, we had a couple of bad seasons, but we drafted very well, and now we have all these kids coming up that are insanely talented. <laughs> to the point to where we don't know where they're going to fit on a team that already has a good amount of talent. So it, it's just crazy. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like we we have so many young kids that are going to come up and are already ready to make a difference on this team, but there's just so many of them. So they have to fight so hard to make it. And, and people like Paling, who was our – you know, go-to person. He was the, the literal only person in that era where we were like, okay, this is what we have to look forward to. And then since then we have acquired so many people, so many kids that are, I wouldn't say putting him, you know, lower in the position, but we've just, we just have this pool of just amazing talent and, and what's getting scary that we don't know what to do. We can't have all of them, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like something's like got to give, Sedona. right? Some of them aren't going to pan out, and that's just drafting. That's just how it is, yeah. Draft draft picks are magic beans. Like but what's some fucking of them up, work, some of them don't. What's fucked up is that they're all relatively working out enough to where they could still make this team. Oh, for sure. Like there, I think there the aren't craziest, many of them that wouldn't. Yeah, I think the craziest part of it is that outside of Nick Suzuki, when was the last time Mark Bergevin traded for a prospect? I bet you can't name one because I can't. I cannot tell you. Well, you caught me off guard, and I, cu- I couldn't tell you even if I was on guard. I could not, like, I could not tell you the last time Mark Gershman traded for a prospect. Every one of those guys outside of Nick Suzuki, who we have named, is someone that Bergevin drafted. And I think that says a lot about where this organization is going. These guys can evaluate talent. And I know we talk about the future a lot on this podcast, and especially lately. And a lot of that has to do with COVID. There's not a lot of hockey to talk about. But it's also like the future is now, but the future is also a year or two from like, realistically, I don't think Montreal is winning the cup this year. But I think we're going to make a push. In a few years, when Montreal is competing and, you know, we're in that spot where we have to pay Suzuki. We have to pay KK. Uh, we have, we're in salary cap issues. We're going to have a revolving door of these young prospects, like you said, who can all make the NHL team and are going to be on EL, ELC entry-level contracts. And if you look at teams that have succeeded recently, a lot of them have had those guys. The big, big example, Tampa. They had Brain Point on his. I don't think it was his entry level contract. It might have been, but I think it was a. He bridge just signed deal. his his contract. Yeah, yeah, but was he on his entry level this year, or was it another no, bridge deal? It was last year, I believe. Was his, the end of his last? Because last year he signed, right? If I'm not yeah. mistaken, I'm not sure. That's why I said I knew it was at least a bridge deal, but I know Sergachev was on his entry level contract, um, when they won the cup. Yes. That's my point. Like you have these young guys who can come in and contribute on team friendly deals. And if you look at teams that win, it's teams that have those guys. And I think that's just another, like having good prospects is beneficial for obvious reasons. It means you're going to have good players, but 
that is an overlooked part of it is that you're going to be able to insert young guys who are talented, but also cheap. Very you know? cheap. And we're, we're going to get to a moment where we're going to have to – some of these guys that are that are here and they've been in the league and they're bigger names have – I mean, I think reasonably we have a, a good group of guys that take, for the most part, team-friendly deals. But if this organization is going to continue to look as good as it does right now as far as what we have in, in backups and, and ready to come up, we're going to have to take some team-friendly deals, unlike what, like, Jarmo did, you know, this past week. Oh, like dude literally just sank $20 million into two players. Now, granted, people can argue about Carey Price, but I think on the back end in the era that Carey Price came into, it was worth it. And I still think it's worth it. Which I will disagree a little bit on. Because okay. I, I uh, look, you had to pay Carey Price. That was not a situation I envy, and I yeah, would have no. done the exact same thing. But also, it was before the the goalie tandem era, which is now what we're th- what we're in. You know, yeah, and people were well, still heavily paying a single goalie top number. Yeah, I just think, um, like I said, like Mark Berger, what are you gonna do? You're either the the guy who overpays for Carey Price, or you're the GM who trades Carey Price, or even worse, you're the GM that lets Carey Price walk. That is a lose-lose-lose situation. And until he wins a cup, it's a loss. But what are you going to do? Chose the lesser of three evils, really. And I don't. I think it's a tough contract to swallow. I think Carey Price deserves it. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think that teams – it's harder for teams to win with that much money into goaltending. But if – I don't think it can't be done. I think it's possible especially with Carey Price at the revived level of play we've seen him in the past. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not going to shit on Bergman too much for that. I do disagree. I do think that it ideally isn't a move you make, but I I agree in the sense that if I'm Mark Bergman, I probably do the exact same thing. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't trying to like, Oh, you know, like it's gotta be this way. I just think that in that, in this, in that specific time, I need some water, <laughs> but in that specific time, that was, it, it was worth it. Like it was beneficial for this team to keep Carey Price around. There was, there was no way you keep your job. If you move Carey Price, like, yeah, exactly. Like you could That's have made the best deal, but you were still leaving. Right. Like it was going into someone else's hands and that's, that's just the way it is. So you do not want to be the GM who trades a player like Carey Price in his prime. No, absolutely. Because not. if he goes and wins a cup, it's it, yeah. What like what like who do you look like? That you just traded the franchise player, and when you trade a guy like Carey Price, you probably lose, probably lose that deal. <laughs> like yeah, pretty realistically, much. one team is always gonna majorly lose those deals. It's 50-50. Either you super overpay for a guy like that, or you don't get nearly enough. Right. And when it's a trade, like when you're trading, when if you're gonna trade Carey Price, you're probably getting draft picks in return. Like I said, magic beans, not guaranteed, right? So you could end up with nothing. Very true. I'm going to have to wrap it up pretty soon. Uh, just like, I guess we'll just kind of speed through this. Uh, World Juniors, you know, the quarterfinals were the other day. Um, Finland beat out Sweden, a 3-2 victory. Canada with their ridiculous 3 nothing. But it's, it's sad, like you said. It could have been a real game, uh, but two really soft goals went in. And then... 
USA with a dominant 5-2 over Slovakia. But the only thing that I'm really upset about is truthfully that now we can't follow Jan Mysak any further. He had a great he had a great run. I mean, he had five games, two goals, one assist for three points. Um, and now it's really just Caden Gooley and Cole Caulfield that we get to watch any further. But uh, I think that I think that uh, Czech Republic put up a good fight. It's just uh, unfortunate circumstances with that injury. But, yeah, uh, definitely. Super, I, uh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. no, no. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Mishak has become my favorite prospect <laughs> from this tournament, really. I uh, absolutely love the guy. I think he's going to be great. And I think we're going to see him sooner than later, actually, maybe in North America. There are reports that Kane Gooley and Mishak might play, might be coming to camp once the World Juniors are done, and if permitted. Gooley is, I think, allowed because it's weird. The WHL, if canceled, completely terminated, he'll be allowed to play in the AHL. And there are talks that they might get both of them to come play for Laval. So we might see them in North America pretty soon. Very sick. And and also like if if that happens, what a what a what a boost, like what a jump up he gets, you know? Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. Super sick. Um I'd be remiss if we didn't mention it. Uh in the five, what, the five two victory, <laughs> we got to see Cole Caulfield score a very, very nasty goal fucking uh, laser beam dude like off the pipe and you know that shit's gotta hurt i don't I, i've never had hockey pads on especially goalie i don't i don't know the difference really um but like it ricochets off of the pipe and hits this dude square in the middle of his back like <laughs> an unnecessary situation but happens to do it on his birthday um i mean it was a it was a real difference maker in the game and uh i guess happy belated Birthday, Cole Caulfield. I mean, this dude's five games in, two goals, two assists, four points. Still no pims because he's a, he's a fucking a nice kid. <laughs> no one was happier to see him score than Trevor fucking Zegers, too. Did you see that? Yeah. That I team mean, knows how important it is to get him going. Like, there's been a lot of Cole Caulfield disrespect. And Trevor Zegers has done a phenomenal job carrying this American team. But I think his reaction is enough to know that that team knows <laughs> they need this guy scoring. If, this if, kid's wheel, if his wheels get going, it's pretty hard. It, it, it's pretty tough having to face uh, the U.S. Um, the semifinal start, if I'm not mistaken, tomorrow, correct? Uh, yes, tomorrow. Tomorrow. But it would be today when you guys listen to this on the fourth. But you got Canada versus Russia. Could be a super good game. And then US versus Finland uh to move on to the finals. But uh if that if that was the awakening of Cole Caulfield after all of the movement, all of the I mean, he just was not in the correct position. Basically Bro, this entire um, tournament. Like Well, like no. He was also he's also a goal scorer, so he's streaky, right? Yeah. But, yeah, I think a lot of it goes on coaching staff. I think a lot of it goes on being snake-bitten. And that shit happens. Like I said, the World Juniors are not a great denominator for figuring out a player's, like, the level I, of success they're going to have. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, I, and I don't think – I'm not trying to say, like, because Cole Field's on his team, he's got to score. Like, this isn't – like you said, this isn't a, a, a 
an excellent way to decide if this kid is the next, you know, the next big thing for our team. Um, but I just think through the adversity of what he's had to do in these past five games and to find his way, what a great relief it's got to be on your birthday to score your second goal. And then hopefully that is, that, that fires you up. You know, you literally, this is a do or die game to go on to the, you know, the big, the big final. So I'm hoping for a Canada versus us. So nothing would make me happier. It'd be fun. The chirps would fly too. Let me say. Oh, absolutely. Even more so if it was roster versus USA. <laughs> oh shit. It's a lot of quiet on the other side. But that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, oh, last person, Caden Gooley, of course. We've already mentioned him earlier, but we didn't talk about his stats. Uh, five games, two goals, one assist for three points. He's got four PIMs, but this kid is a natural. I couldn't repeat the Corsi because I don't follow it. I'm like the person Mason talks 76.6%, about. 76.6%, baby. Oh, my God, what a beauty. That is unreal. Well, it was your intro. You're gonna take us out, bud. Yes, I am. I'm sorry. I was I was like trying to stop myself from sneezing, and that is the worst feeling in the world. It's just that like is to try to shut feeling. your shut your immune system down for a second to close out. But anyway, folks, uh, this has been Hab Nightly. Really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, welcome to 2021. We can't wait to talk to y'all Wednesday. See y'all soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.